My name's Brian, and today is Monday, July 3rd, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. This is another pre-recorded episode as we are out on our July journey, and so I've been knocking these all out. So uh, end of June, it isn't too far in the future, but this being a Monday, you would, would expect it to be live. Well, pre-record start today, and I have a great guest to start it off. Uh, my guest this evening is the founder of Outlier Radio, a full-service podcast booking agency that represents talented, talented entrepreneurs and business professionals, securing them podcast interviews. Here to talk about how he got into podcasting, starting his business, and how beneficial podcast guesting can be, I would like to welcome two lots to talk about. Spencer Carpenter, how are we doing, man? Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, yeah. I uh, So I'm on this. I guess we haven't even left yet, but uh, we're talking in the future because um, right now I live in an RV with my wife and we kind of travel around and then squat down for a couple months. Uh, but we're taking a big 28-day uh, trip. And so I started doing pre-records to kind of spend more time with her in the evenings and not right, doing right, lives yeah. and stuff. Um, so I was blasting through podcast profiles and yours popped up and this is actually the second time it popped up, uh, but I was booked up the first time it did. And I saw your profile and I said, my audience is full of content creators. Um, this is going to help them on the, the, the host side, what the guests want to do. But I also have a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of guys that are trying to get uh, exposure to products and things of that nature. And the guesting thing, I'm starting to do it myself um, to spread the word about my show. But I thought this conversation could be wholly beneficial. Um, but I gave you a little bit of a bio background. But if there's anything else you want to add, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. And uh, and then we can talk about how you got into this and uh, and all the great benefits of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I actually started off in the music industry 15 years ago. Um, I started off booking concerts when I was 15 because my cousins wouldn't let me into their band. And uh, I, I still wanted to be involved in some way. And so, um, you know, I scaled it up to doing multi-day music conferences and festivals. And I ran some small record labels and the tour booking and artist management. But pretty much all along the way, I was dealing in talent representation. And then, uh, you know, as I got older, you know, I, I started listening to podcasts as a way to learn when I was in the car. Uh, I found things like Bigger Pockets, which you know, is a big real estate investing podcast. And I would listen to some people give like this incredible information. And then I'd look them up and see like, they're not some celebrity figure. They're just Joe Schmo investor. And it, it made me realize two things. One is that there are lots of people out there with really great information that you've never heard of before. But also, kind of connected to that, unless you are someone like Richard Branson or Mark Cuban, these celebrity entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs and business professionals are not looked at like talent. They're just looked at like their job. Um, 
you know, someone is just a financial planner, someone is just an electrician. It's like, no, they're, they're more than that. You know, it's, it's, if they own the business, they're also an entrepreneur. They're not just the electrician, you know, and, and they have a very successful business and they might have, they might have information to give outside of just being an electrician, but owning a small business that is service-based in a, in a community. Um, and so, you know, that was something that just like always kind of stuck with me. And then obviously COVID shut down the music industry. And so I decided I'd shift gears and I would start representing these talented entrepreneurs and business professionals and investors because they were all stuck at home. You know, nobody could go to conferences or in-person meetups or expos. And, you know, it wasn't that podcasts were new. It was just like, I imagine there's people out there that weren't prepared for this. And this is a way that they can go out and, you know, quote, perform while they're stuck at home. And uh, so that was kind of how this got started. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, you were talking about that. You know, the electrician has more to offer than electrical advice. They have, if they're an entrepreneur, they have business advice. But I kind of went down this line with the interviews because I like people's stories. Like you might be the best electrician in the world. How the hell did you get to be an electrician? Did you want to be an electrician when you were a kid? And did you just go straight there? Okay, that's cool. Then let's talk about being an electrician. But did anybody really do that? You know, like, why did you want to be an electrician? Um, so those are the stories that I like. And that's how this kind of spun out. And before you, we were kind of talking about audience. And, you know, everybody, day-to-day -day life is, is kind of what my show is about. Um, and the more I thought about it after you asked, I'm like sitting here scratching my head, you know, that's the question people are supposed to be able to answer about their show. And it's hard to put a, a net around life. Right. And, uh, but today we're talking podcast and that's, that's crazy with the music industry. Are you, where are you located? I'm about an hour South of Philadelphia. So I was, I was not like in, I wasn't in LA or New York or Nashville or anything. Right. I mean, but any city has a has a pretty decent uh, has a pretty decent music scene. Um, and you got a few of them to pick from there. You were within striking distance of a few places. Uh, mm. I was in Minneapolis. And so I bartended across the street from First Avenue where they had mm. all the, you know, big, big names. But yeah, a lot yeah. of their employees came over and drank at my bar. So there was a, a big mix scene of music there for quite a while. But anyway, is, is that is that is that Bobby Olson? Is that Minnesota? He was the promoter there, I think. Yeah, the name sounds. I mean, this was who, oh, man, we're talking 20 years ago. at this point. Uh, OK, maybe not. I'm not sure how old he is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you kind of pivoted and that's fantastic. That's a big kind of um, theme in my audience is pivoting when you get to COVID. And that was a huge wake up call for a lot of people that were forced to do it or just stay still. And we promoted a lot of um, learning new skills and doing new things with all that time. Like, especially if your job sent you home and you didn't have work, because that, that happened a ton. Like, you know, you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. Like, take the, take the pay and learn something. Um, so you said podcasters. You had the connection skills of the bands. Did that kind of make it easy to, to pivot into that? Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not an overly um, confident person to just jump into something new. It, it's not, it, it's because I know, I, I am very aware that I don't know what I don't know. And so I'm, I, I apply that to a lot of things, but I had a friend that like initially I was just gonna help people put out audiobooks. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I said that to a friend and he's like, no, you need to be like a manager for entrepreneurs. And I'm like, ah, that sounds like an assistant or like a, someone that's like in a metro city and knows people and is making connections. Like, that's not me. He's like, he's like, you should get entrepreneurs on podcasts. And immediately I was like, I can do that. That, that like, I'm sure there's some learning curve. I'm, I need to go find out if it's normal for podcasts to charge. It, is it normal for the guests to receive money? I need to find out, like, are there agencies that handle this for people? But like, I know that if I reach out to a hundred shows for someone with a good pitch, I'll get five. I can, I, and if not, they just paid me. I'll just keep going until I get them five. I was like, I'll just try this out. And right. um, luckily I got connected to someone like within a few days that had a PR company that was selling, you know, Yahoo Finance and, and Business Insider and stuff like that. And, um, you know, this was something that they were going to upsell them, you know? So I, I quickly was able to get some people that are already interested, someone that sold it for me. Um, and so like for the first month of this, was me working on that one client, but really just me going through and making a spreadsheet and a catalog of like thousands of podcasts in real estate and investing and entrepreneurship and business and marketing and all the industries I thought that I could bring some value to. And um, yeah, that was, it was just me going in there and, and like, you know, podcast name, host, you know, URL, website, email contact, if no email contact is there a form, um, that was just like the first month of this business. Oh man, that that stuff is so mind numbing. Like I went through, um, what was it the other day? I had to update, like I do item reviews for my podcast. And so I've done all the reviews. They're all on the site. They're there, they're there. But I have that one main page that has all the links and I have to go in and fill in the table with all the new ones. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And in the mad rush to go on this trip, I did a, like a ton all right in a row. Right. And finally I sat down and it's like that click, 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 tab, click. <laughs> I got so good at it. I was really good at that at that part. Yeah, yeah. But so glad you when you have it all just filtered. It's gotta be phenomenal. Um, it's gotta streamline your job. And that that's that's something that entrepreneurs really need to do when they're when you're doing it on your own, um, streamlining processes is is so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're so as a service, are you just booking them? Do you do coaching for them? Do you um, write pitches for clients? Is there different levels of your uh, of your offerings? Yeah, so I, I always get people started with like, I, I have to get their pitch together. And so first, it's just, you know, send me your bio, what do you already have? Um, if it if you know, there's the last paragraph about them, you know, being a proud father of two and husband and, you know, they love to play ultimate Frisbee and go on hikes with their dog. I take that stuff out because it's not helpful in getting them a podcast. Um, and, you know, I then have to determine whether or not the, the, the pitch that's, you know, the, the bio that's there is enough. And if it's not, I have to go back to them and kind of what you were saying about getting the story of the electrician, you know, I, that is part of my pitch. It's not just what can you talk about? That is the, you know, the, the important part is like, what, unique value proposition do you have? And I, I help people develop that because a lot of them don't know, or they might be in an industry where it's hard to do that. So, so I've worked with several financial planners and financial planners by law, mostly all do the same thing. They might have a, a different approach a little bit, but most of them do the same thing. And so I always have to help them differentiate, like, 
is there something they do that's a little bit different? Is there a, a demographic they target for a specific reason? Or is there something to that backstory that is important? And so for an example, you know, I have a, a financial planner that um, she focuses on helping small business owners that are getting ready to retire and want to sell their business or know that they need the revenue from their business uh, to be passive. And so, you know, that's that's cool in itself. But she uh, the reason she got into this is because she is a first generation immigrant, I, I think, from China. And her parents had an import export business. And when she was a kid, her father got diagnosed with a terminal illness and her mom then had to take care of him for eight years. And the business was not set up to be sold and it wasn't set up to run without them. And so as a result, they lost the business and they were financially ruined. And so she has a motivation to help these people do what it takes to be prepared. And so the pitch is not that she can speak about financial planning. It's that she has the expertise to say to business owners, you know, especially, you know, more boomer generation or, or older people that need to retire here's what you have been putting off and you think it's going to be easy in a few years. And it's not, you need to do this now. And that, you know, that is story has gotten her booked on several podcasts, not because she's a financial planner, but because she's addressing that need for a specific demographic. And so that's, that's the type of thing I really like to help people understand is sometimes it is just enough to say, this is your experience. This is how great you are. And people will book you for that. But other times you have to finesse it a little bit more. And so that's, that's how I help people is I, I get their pitch together. Um, you know, it's, it's not just about what they want to talk about. It's what the host wants to hear or what the audience wants to hear. And so I think that, you know, again, I started booking concerts when I was 15 and I, I have a photo booth rental business. I had a merchandise rental business. I'm sorry, merchandising business. I Ubered, I door dashed. I did all types of things because I just loved learning about the different ways to make money. And so I like working with all these different entrepreneurs because I can hear I, I hear their stories and I can pick out things that I haven't heard on podcast already that I think should be said. And that's, that's what I, I, I think I'm pretty good at helping people understand is, um, you know, I work with a lot of real estate investors. They're not just real estate investors. They all have strategies or they all have different, uh, like different techniques to be successful. And I help them pick that out if they don't already know what it is. Right. And that, and that's super important. I, um, I obviously go through a lot of um, profiles. I'm more so I'm on Podmatch. Uh, it's kind of where we found where I found you. Um, that's one thing. Other is just in network. In network's easy because I usually know the person's story and it's more of a chat. But mm-hmm. coming into something blind where I'm getting matched with people or they're sending me messages, it's it's um it's amazing how many exactly the same pitch with a few different words, but you read the same one over and you start reading the first and you can look at what they do. And as soon as you see certain keywords, I'm just like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't make this story interesting. If you don't help me make it interesting. Right. You well, are the I, best that's why I, world. I, start, I know you are. <laughs> well, I, I start to pitch off. Like it's never about the person. Every pitch I do is, I'm submitting so-and-so to be on X show to discuss. 
And then I lead with the top two or three topics. And the reason is because I also get some people that have four sentences to say about themselves. And I have other people that have three paragraphs, which I obviously <laughs> cut down. But what I've realized is if, and, and also you just have to keep in mind, every person that is, that has a podcast is an entrepreneur in some way. And everyone's busy. Even if they're not busy, they're going to tell you they're busy or they're going to think they're busy. And so going through guests, you know, is a, is, is a task that a lot, a lot of people don't like to do. Some, some really enjoy it and others don't. You, you have to be kind of prepared for everyone's different system and personality. And so what I like to do is I like to cut out the part where they feel the need to read someone's background to get to where they are today. I start off with here's what they can talk about. And that will, that will determine whether or not they say yes or no. If they say yes, they will then read the rest of it. If it's three paragraphs, if it's two paragraphs, they'll read it. If it's a no, they already know and they didn't have to waste their time reading the rest to figure it out. And so my, my whole goal with my pitch is to make as plug and play as possible for the host. And that's also, again, including topics. I want to make it so that if they say yes, I've already presented five topics to take up 45 to 60 minutes. If they want to do their own interview, that is fine. But I gave them the option. And so those are the things I really try to do to make this as easy as possible for the host. It's not, I, 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 this is the same way I was in the music industry. I was as much about wanting to create a win-win scenario for the artist as I was the, the promoter, which that actually makes you a really bad booking agent because you're only supposed to care about the artist. Um, but I try to do, you know, since there's no monetary exchange in most podcasts, I get to do a real win-win for both. It's like, here's my client. They need to be on your show. And here is the unique conversation they can bring to your audience that someone else hasn't already covered. Yeah. That's uh, like, if you're listening to this and you're getting into guesting and you're applying to Sorry, sorry, my uh, I use uh, Starlink and it goes in and out so randomly. Okay, but um, what you just said is so spot on to myself, uh, like firsthand, but also talking to other podcasters that go through and get a lot of applications. Re like you just save people a ton of getting rejected because they're applying the wrong way. Like, yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, and, and, and you can't go in saying, I can speak about entrepreneurship. I can speak about marketing. I can speak about sales. Like you, you have to provide more than I like to look at every topic. Like it's the title of a blog or a keynote speech. So if you're going to talk about marketing, you wouldn't give a presentation on marketing. You would give a presentation on how to market using new cutting edge AI technology, blah, blah, blah. Some, something like that. You, you, you have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, using using Google, using Facebook, uh, you know, but the, what, what's also the hook there without wasting dollars, on, you know, wasting tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads, you know, right. something like that. Um, that that's also what I really like to help people determine. Um, and, and, you know, it just it saves so much time for both the guest and the host and it gets people more interviews. I, I love it when I can take when I can take one of the sentences from their intro and use it for the title and then i can read their bio and cut and paste it into my intro which i did with you it was fantastic mm -hmm. it, it's it's just i you know you better than me like 
I want to say I want to be able to read everybody's book. I want to be able to research every guest. I don't have time. Like, honestly, I can't read a book for pleasure, let alone do it for work. Um, You know, I would love to. I try to try to look at guest backgrounds as much as I can. But you know you better than me. So introduce yourself and let me read it. And it's fantastic. And I always feel stupid asking people to introduce themselves after I say it. Because then I realize I just introduced them. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it, it, it. I didn't put the whole back. You know, I, I condensed my bio. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, I kind of apply the same principle to when I pitch the shows. Like sometimes I get a host that's like, you know, did you? I, I don't pretend I know what the host wants all the time. Um, just using the example of real estate, I pitch people that flip houses to multifamily investing podcast because like i know my person's good maybe he wants to have a flipper on this time i don't know right and as a result sometimes a host is like did you even look at my show i'm like yeah man i just don't know your life i don't know if this if maybe this is also interesting to you as well so i try not to i try not to make assumptions about uh, i get pigeonholed too people, i yeah. get pigeonholed i reach out to people and they're like do you really think it's a fit i'm like listen you you are doing your own thing you have a side hustle. You are an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's outside the norm. If is if you don't realize that, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad you think you're normal, but you're not. You really aren't. I mean, <laughs> the things you are far from normal. Um, so come talk about how you did it and why you did it, because it's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, one question I had actually. Uh, as we're talking about uh, you kind of mind reading what I do uh, when I look at guests is how can I as um, as a host and you you wanted to have an equal value proposition to both the host and the guests how as a host can I help your guests well um, off the bat I mean the things where I see hosts, fall short sometimes is i mean look off the bat we have to again we have to understand that every podcast is run a little bit differently but like off the bat 95 percent of hosts don't notify me when interviews go live and as a result i can't notify the client and the client then can't promote the podcast and so that like that in itself is something that like kind of is is pigeonholing everybody because you know, the, the, the guest wanted to be on, obviously, again, in front of your audience, but also maybe for content so that they could repurpose it. If they don't know the interview came out, then they can't do anything about it. Um, you know, the other things are obviously creating uh, just a static image, any audio clips, video clips. I mean, those are things that require money on or in time and resources on behalf of the host. And so I don't I don't ever expect someone to, to do that if that's just not fitting within their model. But. I do think the other thing that they could do that obviously helps them and the guest is make sure that they are having a focus on getting, you know, their five-star reviews up, like, because it helps the guest show credibility that they were on the show with a higher number of five-star reviews. And obviously the reviews make the show look better for the host. Um, but, but the other thing is like, I also, I've seen shows that have 300 interviews and 25 star reviews which means they didn't they're not even asking the guest to go and give that little five you know give the show a review like there are little things like that that i think could help everybody 
I've just on a perception. I've short on that. I that's that's the one thing. So I was going through as the host. I'm like, okay, um, good. I uh, I contact the guest with all the links, the link beforehand if it's going to be live, and then all the links when it goes. Um, all my feeds. I was like, good, check, perfect. Uh, and then uh, all the images. Like I blipped out a little bit, but I knew what road you were going on to promote for promotion on social media. Uh, mm. And then that you said reviews, and I'm like. Oh, I well, do. But, but, you know, it's and it's not. Look, I have a, I have my photo booth rental business. All of my I have been friends with all of my friends for 20 to 25 years. We've all been friends since we were kids. We're all entrepreneurs. I still had to text everyone say, I will pay you $10 right now to go leave me a five star review on my photo booth rental business. And still only half of them did it because it's, everyone's busy. Everyone is the busiest person in the world and they're too busy for that crap. But if you like the one thing I've said to people is, okay, so you did at in your email where you sent out the link saying the show is live. You do add a blurb that says, Hey, could you leave a five-star review? Great. Now in four weeks, have your VA send a follow-up email and say, Hey, did you post the show? And did you leave a review? I've never had anyone follow up with me and ask, Hey, did this person share the show? And if you're using a VA or any type of system, this is something that could be so easily implemented. Or if you have a Calendly link, we can right. do check boxes at the bottom. We ask, we request that you and two of your colleagues leave a review. Do you agree to this? Yes. Most still aren't going to do it, but right. you're gonna get a you're gonna get a jump from those that do. Right. And whether it's just them or they actually got three people to do it for them, you know. Right. I think these are all little things that could that could help. I mean, I I've seen studies that say the five star reviews don't matter in the in the algorithm, it really doesn't do anything for the growth of the show. But man, for perceptions purposes, it's great. I think I think that's I don't I don't think that that's quite true because I've never really focused on that, and I've been learning this whole thing as as I go. Just kind of telling my story is more than anything. I'm kind of handcuffed with like I'm in a trailer. I'm on Starlink. I don't have like I would love to have a, a studio with solid Ethernet and be able to produce great quality uh audio but i'm figuring it out as i go and i've really lacked on that review but i can see when i get them um in my analytics mm -hmm. like not the notification of getting them but bumps in bumps in um downloads so okay well I mean, good I, that that would that's what the that's what everyone said for a while and then recently i saw something that said it doesn't it doesn't play out the way everyone thinks i look i don't i don't pretend i'm a podcast technology expert by any <laughs> means but i do know that when it comes to me giving a show to my client i want them to know that like this is if you share this this is going to look good on you you know the conversation is what's really important for sure but you know I don't know. This is something that you you just asked what I could what I could do on the you know what I could recommend on the host side, and that's oh, that's like sure. no, what I mean, comes to it's mind. Fantastic! It's fantastic. It's a great it's a great thing. Um, we have kind of like a small network of guys that have all have their podcasts that all came out of listening to another podcast. Mm -hmm. and, um, these are all great tips. My listeners are going to be like, ah, shit, more to do. <laughs> For sure. But it it seems to work and, it, and it's a great reminder of those things. So um, do you prefer a, an intake form for for if you're applying to like you're you're actually filtering that as a as as a host or as a guest representative, you're providing that information that would normally be in an intake form. Um, but 
for an everyday guest, do you think that's a barrier for people applying to shows? As a small as a small guy trying to get people that are interested to actually apply um, instead of be farming guests, um, is a form a barrier to applying everybody's busy type of thing? Keep it, yeah, keeping in mind everyone is busy, you're definitely gonna get the busiest guy in the world that doesn't follow through because of that. I mean, I, I set my pitches up to be that if they're, you know, as as easily as possible that they don't need the form. But if someone asks me a form, I'm not going to complain. That's my job. What actually is frustrating is when they have me fill out a form and then the Calendly link also asks the exact same questions again. <laughs> That's annoying. There are only a handful of shows I've seen that with. Most just do the form um, and, and you know, that that is what it is. Um, and, and the only other hiccup I get personally as a representative is sometimes they'll be like, what's your favorite book? And then I have to go back to the client. But like, that's my job. It's fine. Right. If any individual is doing it for themselves, it's really easy. I think a form, if it helps your system, then like, there's no problem with that. Um, but you know, I, it is, you know, when I get the VA, I answered all the questions. My, my layout is perfect and it directly lines up with the form they then send me. It's sometimes like, couldn't you just, couldn't you just take it the way it was? But I, you know, again, I'm not one to complain about it. It's my job. And, and I, the host is giving me something for my client. I'm not, I'm never going to complain about having to fill out a form, but to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, there's probably people, uh, here's what I'd say when I did do outreach for some shows, when it came to us doing outreach to get a big person on the show, whether it was their assistant or their PR person or the individual responding, I just asked, can you please send over the necessary info? I did not send them a link that they had to fill out because I want to lock that interview in. And so if there's an interview you really want, be willing to, to just accept what they send you. And if you need it in your form, just fill it out yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not that it's not even that they're not willing. It's just like their assistant might be busy. They might not get it to you for five days. And well, a lot of people have bio sheets that right. everything that I want to know is on, like, that's the beauty of Podmatch. That, like, took yep. care of, that took care of my, that is my intake form. Like, mm -hmm. the way, it, it, when I, when I signed up for the site and I started looking at these, I'm like, this is everything I have asked to, this is all I want to know. Yep. Um, yep. Give me some questions you want to answer. I'm not, I might not even use them. Like, I, I might, I, I copy and paste them onto a sheet, but, you know, it, it's just for a guideline. And yeah. And, and they have links. I think, I think the links to podcasts was actually a suggestion I gave to Alex when I first found the site. Like I wrote it, that's how we got connected. I wrote it. And I'm like, Hey man, just, just some unsolicited feedback here. Are a few things I think could, could actually help everybody. And I think as a result, they added the three, the three links to interviews you've done oh, right, um, right. because of that. Um, yeah. yeah Podmatch is amazing for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but let's kind of shift over to, um, guys that want to do it for themselves. So mm -hmm. I got an entrepreneur in my audience and, and, you know, there's a bunch, uh, this guy's got a product that he kind of wants to get out. He wants to talk about it or a service that he's doing. How would you, someone that has never done any of this, like they're like listening to this and going, man, I really should get on a podcast. Mm -hmm. One, can you give me baby steps for somebody like that, that, that should, that wants to get started? Yeah, first step, go and sign up for Podmatch because yeah. they are going. Like I said, like we were just saying, they're laying out exactly what most hosts need from you, 
And if you don't have an answer, like, like you, it, it might just include something that you might not have thought of. Um, and so signing up for something like Podmatch is great because it's also just going to connect you with shows that are looking for guests. You might end up pitching shows that are not looking for guests. These are ones that are, this is the, the low hanging fruit because they've already, they're also on the platform, meaning they want guests. Um, and then, you know, going back to, to like, don't just, just write something that can be as concise as possible. You know, it only write a bio that if you have to tell a story, that is fine. But like one paragraph should be your story and one paragraph should be like where you're at today and why that's all impressive. Um, you know, it, it, you should try and keep it to two paragraphs at a minimum if you can. And, you know, back to, you can't just, you can't just come up with, I can speak about entrepreneurship. I can speak about more. You come up with topics, like go use chat GPT and be like, what are interesting topics that entrepreneurship shows want to hear about? Like I, I've created a concept for podcasts, just asking it to go deeper. Like, don't tell me for an investing podcast to talk about 401k. Like people know what that is. Please come up with something for a more sophisticated investor. And it's come up with stuff. Um, that same concept can be applied to things within your industry. And, and maybe that means you then got to go learn about it. But if, if you don't know what you can bring to the table that's unique and you don't think that your story is that compelling, you've got to go find something that gives the host a reason to say yes to you over the other five people that are similar to you that submitted themselves that week. Um, and so, I, again, I think, I, think, I think something like Podmatch is great because it's the low-hanging fruit. It gives you the format you need, and then it is just you coming up with what it is, what value you can bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, is there space for what you do? I mean, you got a, you got a great, you got a great handle on it and a, and a huge head start. Is there space in this industry for more Spencer Carpenters and more outlier audios? Yeah. I mean, I, I came in late to the game compared to interview valet and podcast connections and stuff like that. But um, there, so many people don't even know this exists. I, I mean, specifically, everyone outside of podcasting I've, that I've talked to about this had no idea you could ever do it. And then most people within podcasting don't know that it's a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, some if you're a host, you've probably been pitched by someone before. But there's only, I mean, I've only found half a dozen actual companies doing it i'm sure there's individuals and vas out there that are doing it as well but um there's definitely growth and and like uh, shows need guests and guests need shows like there's there's demand from both sides yeah and it 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 doesn't surprise me you came out of the music industry with that view like coming coming from that booking agent is basically Hey, you know, the, the drummer isn't busy, so he's got to go book the shows kind of, um, once you get to that point, uh, either you're too busy or it's not worth your time, uh, to do it. You have other things you can be doing. Uh, I think the fit of the, the non, like there's, there's podcasters that go like, I'm going to go on shows. I obviously can kind of deal with that as part of my podcast, but as an entrepreneur, there is a big market there for the time saver, the the guy to do the thinking and the experience level that you bring to the table. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, keep in mind so much of this industry is, is gig economy. So, 
you know, from being, from being in my position and working with people that, you know, do that, do need that time saving side. I've said to so many people, like, if you can do this yourself, do it. You don't need to pay me. Go sign up for Podmatcher. Go get your assistant to reach out to shows. But if you want someone that's specialized, or you know your assistant's time is better used elsewhere, or your time is better used elsewhere, then we can work together. But I'm not going to convince you you need me. But as a result of like working with those people that do need help, I also get the people that are like, "Hey, do you start podcasts? Do you run podcasts?" We have an arm. The arm in my business that actually is bringing in the most money is the one where we we run podcasts for people. I've had people ask me to go get sponsorship. Um, it's been really hard to take a step back and not get diverted into starting like a network because everyone there, there's so many people that need help with a lot of things, and that's that's partially because it's gig economy, and sometimes you don't mesh with the person's um, the the person you're working with, or you got them at one time where they weren't busy and now they are busy, or there's lots of VAs doing stuff for people that are not great. You know, I, I think I think all of the podcasts I've had that we've worked on so far had a company and they did well at one point and then they started scaling up too much and they used VAs and balls started, you know, getting dropped. And that's where we stepped in and, and, you know, it was just me and my girlfriend. And so she runs it herself. Um, so even if there's a problem, we're a text away, you know, it's not, it's not in different time zone or anything like that. And so, um, there's so many, there's so many, there's so much opportunity, not just in the booking space, but in this in this industry to provide value to hosts or businesses in helping them start podcasts to be a host. Right. Yeah. I I've uh, I recently had somebody on that does that, and I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. Like all the time and energy that I've put into it at this point, like there's there's no going back for me. I'm like I, I got too much into this, but. Um, if I had been in a position and I was doing it more for the story, like I didn't have a business I was promoting, but if I right. had a business and I had a, a marketing budget or an advertising budget and I could look at it and say, all right, I got to sit down and record audio for someone and everything else is done. That would have been a no brainer. Yep. Like, I mean, that's, that's your marketing budget. And there you go. Like that's the best marketing you're gonna get, uh, if mm -hmm. you, especially if you had somebody that's that's rolling that out of more just than audio, but into you know the whole social media spread. Well, even just understand like one of the first people I worked with, he's like, I do webinars every month, and I'm like, oh, so you already have content, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, okay, put it out as a podcast. Like you don't even have to be building. You don't even have to be like looking at it like you're building a podcast brand. You just you already have it. Put it out. And, you know, if you're doing that, also put it up on YouTube. Again, you don't have to be focusing on building your YouTube, but you put it out there. Maybe one, maybe in a year you decide you want to focus on one of them. You already have a foundation and you're going to have found people. People are going to have found your stuff that you weren't even trying to get in front of. It's just right. it just happened. But in a world where people are finding so many different ways to create content, um, it's it's just it's a no brainer. It's such a low barrier to entry that if you're doing any type of webinar or e even if you run a larger company, I've said to some people like, whatever your, your company calls are that you're doing every week or monthly, put it into a private podcast and just have it there, you know? And, and I, I don't know. I, I think, I think I've, I've always joked that Larry, the cable guy could start like 
a fart a day and and it would be a massive podcast it all oh, it sure. is, is it's just it's just a fart a day he records his farts or something i mean you can create content about how to how to you know make the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich so oh um, yeah oh for sure for sure you know, there's there's just there's how do you how do you pick the ideas that 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 was one of that was one of the questions i like so why i don't have my own podcast yet i mean it's amazing isn't it it's like um i sit here and i went back and forth and through so i've i've this is like episode what 400 and 450 or something like i've been messing around with this for every day for over a year um but like i started out and i wanted to do a a, a topic every day and then the, and finally i said look, I'm just going to talk about my life. And I sit down at the end of the day, like today, I'll sit down before bed and I'll jot down three things from today. And tomorrow morning, I might not even talk about them because I'll get sidetracked. But, you know, and what does content? It's just, it's talking about something, anything. Someone out there is looking to listen to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's how many billion people in the world there's people that are into what you're into. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And again, I mean, if you, uh, if you have a business though, and this is a business to business podcast of those billions, you need like a hundred to care about what you say and your business is booked up for a year, you know? Right. Right. Um, is there, is there a sweet spot for kind of getting on a, num a number of podcasts? Um, do you kind of blast your clients out full blast, um, as many as they want to do book them, book them, book them, book them. Do you kind of spread things out? Like I see waves, ebbs and waves of, um, guests. And I don't know if that is the same because they're being pushed all at once. Um, like how do you, how do you play that? Yeah. So I work with people in campaigns. So I, I normally just, because usually the person doesn't know me, I just get them start with a five podcast campaign. And I'm like, this way you can try it out, see if you like me, see if you like what I have to deliver. And so, you know, but I've also had people that are, that say like, I want to do 50 podcasts in a year. I have some people that say, book me on everything you can, as long as it seems credible, even if it's new, as long as it seems credible, book me. And then others that say like, I already have an assistant that can get me all of the inquiries that come in. I need you to go focus on like the higher level stuff. Um, and it, you know, they know that's going to take longer. That's, that's, um, you know, I, I think that it, it also comes down to what's your, your time commitment, what's your criteria, you know, I, I, again, I, because I do so much in the real estate space, um, I try to, to work with, with shows that, um, are more established. They, they put out, you know, at least a few dozen interviews, uh, you know, there's good sound quality and stuff like that. But if someone tells me they need to be on 50 podcasts, like I let them know you're, you're going to get some newer podcasts too. You're going to get some that aren't the biggest in the world. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to repurpose the content anyway. It's kind of about you. What's your goal. And so I just think it's important though, that everyone understand that one podcast does not need to amount to X number of of like conversions. If you're looking at this from a business standpoint, you have to remember that at a minimum, every interview is a one-on-one -on -one 45 or 60 minute conversation with a host that could be a potential referral source. They could be a potential customer. Uh, they, they, you know, maybe, maybe there's someone that you connect to someone else and you can find a way to, to make something out of that. 
but you are also getting the unique SEO. You're getting content you can repurpose. Um, you know, you're getting in front of their platform. And then at the very bottom, if someone actually converts, that's just gravy on top. But like, I think people should go into every interview understanding, you know, all the other things they're getting out of it. And, you know, I've, I've had people that, that like it was on their 15th interview that they finally had a conversion, but it was $85,000 in legal fees from four high level clients. And that was just initial legal fees. There are people that are still clients. And, you know, I've had, I've had one person that did an interview and the host, you know, it was an investing inter uh, interview and the host actually said, we're not going to put out your interview until you do a deal with us. And so they provided him money to go out and secure an investment that he specialized in. And so they actually put up 80% of the money for him to have 20% ownership in a deal. And so like, that was like, nice. you know, that was, a, that was like a multi-million dollar deal too. And right. that, that wasn't a conversion from a listener. That was from the host. So, yeah. you know, I, I've had hosts that approach me and they're like, you know, can I hire you? And, and, you know, I've also had guests reach out and say like, you know, I heard you on this pod a podcast that I didn't even think was going to deliver anything for me. Um, it's just, you, but like anything else, like any other type of marketing, you just, you keep doing it. And this is a marketing, you don't have to experiment with $2,500 on a billboard or at a trade show or an expo or anything like that. You can do this for free. You just have to put in the time and man, every, every entrepreneur and owner out there needs to remember like their, none of their time is too good for some sweat equity into something. I mean, Absolutely. obviously if you're running a multi, you know, the eight figure, nine figure business, maybe there's an argument to be made there, but <laughs> If you've got some time, commit it to doing some podcast interviews. You don't have to start a podcast if you don't want to do that. Just go be on someone else's. Try and yeah. do one a week or one a month or something like that. I um, I was going to ask that. Do you do you have certain shows that you uh, have really good relationships with? That do you build those relationships with the shows that you can feed them? good guess is that kind of like a two-way street there um yeah yeah, yeah i mean I, I i don't i never want a five podcast campaign i do for someone to be only shows i i with existing interviews though or existing relationships mm -hmm. i do i look at every guest as a new opportunity to build new relationships um and and you know there have been so many times where i did not get a response for the first 12 that I sent to someone. And then on the 13th, they just said, yes, I don't even know why, but it was like, maybe that time I just didn't end up in their spam folder. Maybe that was just the one time they actually responded. I had someone respond literally 365 days later, like a two weeks ago. And it, it was just, it's how it goes sometimes. And um, so I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, um, oh man, I forget what I forgot. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> No. Uh, I've been the same way all day. I don't know. I think it's something about uh, the time of year or something. I've been I've been kind of out of it myself. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I was going to point out you were talking about not worrying about um, smaller shows and you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I've being around people, being around guys that have started shows and kind of one, one here will blow up and then this one will do good and this one will peter out. Uh, you never know what that guy with, with 50 listeners is going to be doing next month. Um, mm -hmm. 
what happens and what people are going back to listen to their old interviews. And so those, those, those smaller guys aren't necessarily a bad thing. And like you said, repurposing content, uh, practicing speaking about Mm -hmm. your product. Um, But I do know that I got lucky enough when I was the first time I went on as a guest and was kind of nervous. The guest, the host was actually an experienced host and they kind of helped me through it. I think that aiming for not the stars, not like, don't, don't think you're going to jump on Rogan and he's going to make you comfortable, but um, like finding someone that has a track record of interviews and you're comfortable with the way they interview, listen to a few um, and get some experience under your belt. And that's kind of my two cents on your topic. Yeah. Well, you know, I've said to many people that, that like, you have to, okay. So sometimes working with finance people, they have a compliance department. And they're like, we need to run this by the compliance department. I'm like, well, no, we're not doing that because like you're being given a favor by the host. But also you need to remember that the host doesn't want to put out a bad interview. This isn't a gotcha moment on TV. This is they want you to put out good content. And if it's bad, they won't put it out. Or if it seems like it's going bad, they're going to steer the direction in the in the steer the conversation in direction that makes sense. Like you need to trust that the host wants the best out of this as well. It represents them. Um, so th- there's sometimes people are nervous about it. I also there I deal with introverts. They're like, oh, I don't really know if I want to do this. I'm like, you're not speaking to a thousand people. You're speaking to one person. Just a thousand people will listen later. And so, you know, this is a platform that's perfect for for all types of things, and including introverts and extroverts and people that need the ability to explain what they do and make them stand out and um, you know, all, all those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, about the uh, going back to, to big shows and wishes, there have been times where like people ask me, like, you know, what what type of shows do you work with? And I explain like, well, maybe I have this criteria for how many five star reviews and they're like, oh, I'm below that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be offensive. I have a I have a service I'm providing to people. But like any individual can go out and just do 10 interviews on you know, just to get some practice and familiarity with it. And it's still going to be worth their time. I also I mean, also the, the review thing, that's just the only public metric. It means nothing. I, I mean, I've I've said I said there there are shows that have five five star reviews, but 300 interviews. I know that they have listeners that they've put out 300 interviews. I just don't have a way of knowing how many otherwise, so, you know, it's, it's right. not a perfect system. And, and I hate, I hate to, to settle on that. Cause it seems like it's just this vanity thing, but it's like, it's just the only thing I have to go off. of. You have to have metrics. I mean, everybody, you have to have, I mean, how many podcasts are in, in, in on the air right now and how many are gone. And, you know, just by sheer numbers, you have, it's like, there has to be the cutoff line. There, there has to be a cutoff line of number of people that make the team. Like right. it sucks. Like we would really like to keep 23 guys, but you know, we have 22 uniforms. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I also, I also try to, you know, explain to people like, let's just say a client were to scoff at the idea of being on a podcast with 50 listeners. I'm like, okay, go plan an event right now. Go plan a meetup for the first time. Give you four weeks notice. You probably can't get 50 people to show up. I would plan concerts months in advance and didn't get 50 people to show up. And so, you know, especially when someone is asking me about like my service, 
you know, they ask, how, you know, what's what shows am I going to be on? How many listeners am I? Gonna, I don't know how to explain that to you, but like, <laughs> let's just say, let's just say, I put you on five interview, five podcasts, and each one only has two hundred listeners per episode. You were in front of a thousand people. If you had the opportunity to, to pay at to be at a conference and speak to a thousand people, would you do it? If you have any confidence in your close rate, you would. You know. Right. If, if you think you can close 1%, that's 10 customers, you're fine. And so, again, that, that's that's after I explain all the SEO stuff and all the content repurposing, all that. But it's like, if you really yeah. need me to come up with something. <laughs> and, and then back to the sweat equity. Okay, each, each show only has 50 people. Was it worth it to you to do this interview from your office or from home for 45 minutes to speak to 50 people? People do that with all the time. They try right. to do that. That's how they start off building their speaking career. So, it, you know, I think people just have to have to be willing to to set aside well, ego and just and just be willing to practice and, and like get some stuff out of it. You know, I think I think um, I think interviews, though, are even even more network effect than than even you're leading to. Um, how many times have you said to, said to somebody you're having a conversation with, Hey, I heard this guy on this podcast I listened to the other day. Maybe the podcast isn't for you, but you're talking about what that guest talked about. Check this one episode out. Right. Like that's only 51 listens now, but that mm -hmm. is a hard referral to someone that they trust telling you, I heard something that you would be interested in listening to. You might right, not right. like that jackass podcast guy that interviewed him. But listen to that guest. Right. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, one. yeah. That's not, that's and, not and, and a million. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we, any small business owner, an entrepreneur or side hustler has, has pounded, you know, the ground to get one referral. So if that can happen through a podcast or something like that, it's, it's just, it's totally worth it, in my opinion. I think eyes get big um, when you see the possibilities and then the perspective, you don't realize that you have to equate this with every. So if it's dollar for dollar or minute for minute, um, you have to equate it with the sweat equity, the pounding, the pavement. And I mean, yeah, it's it's to, to, to me doing this and being able to have it out there, being have it um, be somebody could watch this five years from now. And go, hey, what's that outlier radio? Oh, that's not that's not around anymore. But what's this guy doing? And right. you know, maybe you're on to uh, you have your podcast network. You figured out how to make it actually work. And uh, and man, it's it's just there forever. It's a legacy. So I think it's a yep. great platform. I think it's a great way to get your message out. I think you're providing a, a huge service to people that a don't want to learn how to do it or don't have the time to do it. Um, I mean, we're coming up on an hour here. If you want to kind of let people know where they can find you and and kind of uh, just another brief recap of what you offer. And then I'd like to let guests uh, leave leave the audience with uh, any general thought that they have just to give the floor out and then we can wrap things up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so you can just, uh, I mean, my, my Instagram is just my name, Spencer Carpenter. Uh, Outlier Audio Instagram is the same thing, just Outlier Audio. My website is outlieraudio.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and, um, you know, podcast booking agency that services entrepreneurs, business professionals, and investors. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur myself, I'm really good at helping 
people pick out what is unique about them. And, um, and we also help people launch podcasts and run their podcast. If, if a business to business podcast seems to make a little more sense for you, uh, or you just want to be able to control the conversation rather than, you know, the hosts control it uh, by being on others' platforms. Um, so we help people do both things. Um, and yeah, just feel free to reach out. If, if you, if you want to build out your pitch yourself and you just want some feedback, I'm also more than happy to provide that to people. Um, you know, not, not, not as a service, just like shoot me your pitch and I'll let you know my feedback on it. It only, it only gets, it'll practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, I encourage everyone to uh, check out your stuff. I'll have all your links in the video description and the audio description, and I will for sure be sending you the links for you to send it out. Cause uh, we all learned that tip today. If you want to hang out for a second, I'll uh, wrap up the show and I'll, I'll talk to you for a second after I appreciate you coming on Spencer. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. What a great interview with Outlier Audio. Uh, check out all those all those links in the video description. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great night, guys, and we will catch up with you in the morning. I can feel the sun.